Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Serve where God has called you to serve. One of the things we have to be very careful with is to look for these ideal conditions of where to serve, or you have in your mind how it's going to work. No, typically what God does in our lives, He'll open a door for us to serve in. It could be something small, or it could be something that's going to take a little commitment of repeated time to time in different areas of ministry. But we just have to be open to whatever God calls us to do. Life would be so much easier if everyone would just agree with your decisions and opinions, right? It would eliminate discussions and especially fighting. Well, obviously, that's not how things go, and it gets even trickier when God's thrown into the mix. Pastor Mark will be reminding you in his teaching today that if you really want to serve God to the best of your ability, that you have to let God be in charge. Giving up your wants and trusting that God knows what's best for you is hard, But when you do, it's the best. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Romans chapter 12 as he continues his series, Motivational Gifts. We're doing a series on the motivational gifts, the seven motivational gifts. The first one we did was that gift of prophecy. The next one that we're at right here is servant. Next will be teacher. The reason, and you don't want to miss teacher because that is huge. And I'll have some things to talk to you about, some interesting things that are happening in our world. I won't talk to him this week because I don't want you to get hyped up, whatever. Sometimes we forget that there's an incredible warfare going on. So I'll talk about that. And the warfare really so you'll understand, is for our children. Don't forget that. Now, what I want to do, we talked about servant. We'll get to that in a moment. The part I didn't finish was the best role model for a servant is Jesus Christ. And so we're going to do a little of that and do a little bit of John chapter 13 in a few moments where Jesus shows us what servanthood's all about. A server constantly sees opportunities to do practical things for others and shows their love with deeds rather than words. It doesn't mean that they don't have words. You'll see that with Jesus. But if we have that gift of servant, and we all do because all the gifts operate out of servanthood, that part of the body is always, when we speak about a servant, is the hands of the body. Those are the people, and there can only really be one head, and of course that's Jesus, but there has to be a lot of hands, not too many prophets, but many more hands to make this body function. And of course, that is the 
specific function of a server. Now, here's how to grow in the gift of service. So I want to give you five things, and then we'll head off to John chapter 13. Number one, how to grow in the gift of service? (laughs) Serve. Sounds a little simplistic, but it is. It's just that. The greatest example of a biblical server is Jesus. He learned to work with his hands as a carpenter. He obviously with his father learned in those days, something maybe we're missing today a lot, a great work ethic. I travel a lot, and then I do, and I love America. That's where I'm at. And I'm not speaking about this church. But more and more as I travel throughout the world, the thing that we're missing in this country today that was not the way this country was founded is a work ethic that shows. There is a laziness to many of our people in this country. There is not a striving in many places anymore for excellence. If you're a little older, it's very obvious to you because it used to be different in this country. It is still different around the world. And I see that in many, many places. That's why I've told you many times, China and India will take over this world because there's a work ethic there that by and large, we're missing here. Lynn and I were watching the other night an education thing on CNN or whatever about how many of our high school students today drop out of high school. Not just in the downtown big cities, but many of the regular Indiana and unbelievable percent, like a third of the kids just drop out of high school. And there's just no ethic to work anymore. Now, I said that to say this. That's not true in our church. It should never be true for a Christian, no matter where you live. Because that work ethic comes from God. Whatever your hand finds to do, finish it for me. Do it with all your might. Do it with excellence. So it can't be cultural. It can't be something that, well, that was the way it was back in the 40s, Mark. Yeah, whatever. But now they were, you know, here in the near 2000. It's not, no, that's not true. That's not that way. So number one way to grow is simply to serve. Jesus would show us this. When he came to this earth, he had a work ethic spiritually and physically and practically that led as an example to the disciples. Notice in 2028, for even I, the son of man, came here not to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. Number two, how to grow in a gift of service. Number two, serve where God has called you to serve. One of the things we have to be very careful with is to look for these ideal conditions of where to serve, or you have in your mind how it's going to work. No, typically what God does in our lives, he'll open a door for us to serve in. It could be something small, or it could be something that's going to take a little commitment of repeated time to time in different areas of ministry. But we just have to be open to whatever God calls us to do. And realistically, all of our lives should be just pregnant with serving. It it should always just be a natural thing for a Christian to serve. Now, sometimes we have to serve in areas 
well, to be very honest, where uh, maybe we're not super gifted in that area, but there's a need. Many of you probably don't remember back, but some of you do, because I remember back the early days of this church. I remember back the early days of Merritt Island. We're the ones that four or five of us guys got Merritt Island Calvary started way back before it was a Calvary called Cornerstone. I remember those early days. I remember the early days of this church some 10, 12, 14 years ago. We just meet at the Hilton and then we, they'd have a Mother's Day deal there and so we'd have to go at the BCC auditorium and where we, wherever we could find a place, we just started meeting. We only had a hundred people. But we had people with their cars and we'd have to bring all the kids toys in. We'd have to roll a piano in. We'd have to have keyboards and, I mean, everybody just had a job. Nobody like, well, I'm not doing that. We just did whatever. Those were special times. We moved to a Seventh-day Adventist church and, Man, it was like a holiday because the seats were there. (laughs) It was exciting. And we had rooms for the kids, and wow. And then we kind of lost that because we outgrew it. We went to one service, then two services. And then we went at Melodine. How many of you were with us at Melodine? Let me see. Right across the street, a few of you. Well, we lost our chairs again. So we had to what? Set up chairs all the time. Any of you remember those crews? Ooh, week in, and we still got bruises on our knees. That is seven or eight years ago. We had a great time. And it didn't go like, okay, all of you that are this kind of servant gift, you do that. At the end of the service, everybody grabbed chairs, and we'd pile them up, and we'd put them in the corner. We'd put them away. We'd put this stuff away, and we'd get ready for the next service. It was incredible. It was a great time. We just served. Now we do it a little different here. We don't have to set the things up, but we have lots more. And I'll talk to you more about that in a few moments. But see, if you're going to grow in the gift of service, you just serve where God has called you to serve. And sometimes he calls us all to serve when we have a special deal coming up. We get some things that we're praying about in the eldership. We can't tell you yet. We'll see what happens. In a few months, we might be able to tell you. And it's going to require everybody just to take it up a notch. If this is where God's going to lead us, the things he's going to ask us to do. So you say, well, I don't know if I'm gifted for that. No. Do you have hands? Thank you. That's what we're going to say to you. And you have hands, you have hands. So we'll need you. So understand that there's this progression, but there's a baseline of service that never goes away. And you'll see later that by serving, joy comes in your life. Because we're doing something. I think the disciples caught that. Paul would say in his letters, Paul, an apostle, a servant called by God. He loved it. It just brought a fulfillment to him. Now, number three. If you're going to grow in your service, you have to move past the motivation of guilt or fear or because someone told you you had to. That won't last a long time. So number three, you have to serve motivated by love. And it's not necessarily even the love for the church you're at or the need where you're at or maybe in the hospital you're serving outside the church and you're serving as an auxiliary person or whatever. It has to eventually be by love. Galatians 5.13 For you have been called to live in freedom. Not freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, but freedom to serve one another simply in love. Number four, if you're going to grow in your service, you have to serve in God's strength and not 
out of need. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean long-term. See, long-term, we move past the point where we needed almost everybody, every service, to move chairs, to bring the kids' toys in, all of those things. We move past that. For a time, everybody did anything. That's the only way we survived. But during the services, people then had to operate with their gifts. Well, some had that service, and of course, they helped us organize all that. But others of us had to move into different areas. So you're going to eventually have to learn to serve in God's strength, and not just because there's a need there. Just don't run over here with a need, and run over here with a need, and run over here with a need. Sometimes we do that. We'll just say, man, in the hurricanes, that's what happened, right? Whoever can come Saturday, we need help. We just came. But it wasn't every Saturday forever. You can't do that. Eventually, you have to drop back and say, okay, God, where do you want me? First Peter 4.11. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides. No burnout for Christians. Tired? Yes. Exhausted sometimes? Yes. But how many know that's a good feeling? When you lay down at night and any of you worked in a hurricane, you had to cut the trees down or whatever. Gordon was telling me, just finish his roof or whatever, and you get home, you go, but that's a good feeling, isn't it? When you do a hard day's work, typically you don't have too much trouble sleeping at night. If you can even get to the bed, you know what I mean? Maybe she leaves you sitting up in the front room or whatever. That's all right. So it's a good thing to be that way. Notice, if anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Christ Jesus. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. And number five, last one. Make sure that God is getting the glory. And we're going to talk about that in a moment as we turn in just a second to John 13. Because if we're not careful, it's real easy for us because we're prideful people, to stick our chests out. And remember, we're gifted by God. He opens the door of opportunity for us. Yes, we cooperate and work with him. We're co-workers. But if God didn't provide the strength for us, we wouldn't finish anything we start. God helps us and makes sure he gets the honor and glory. Now, Jesus said it. He put it right in our face. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. That's it. It's an attitude of gratitude that we talked about before. Now, turn to John chapter 13. Let's walk this through in our lives. Let's see what we can learn together. We haven't been in the book of John for many, many, many years. John chapter 13. You know, John chapter 13 through 17 is... It happens in around 24 to somewhere in that hours. It's amazing, but it takes chapters because there's so many rich principles that are there. We begin in verse 1. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave the world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world... He now showed them. You may want to circle that. He showed them. See, a servant shows his love by deeds. He showed them the full extent 
of his love. So it's not just going to be words, but it's going to be action. It's going to start in the upper room and includes the Passover, the elements of communion, the washing of feet, and then, of course, heading toward Calvary and dying on Calvary. Interesting in this verse, it says Jesus knew it was a time for his death. Many times throughout the Bible, Jesus would say this, my hour has not yet come. How did he know it was a time for his death? Well, he and the father were in communion. It's a beautiful thing. Now, I don't see anywhere in the Bible that we're basically given that. And we've talked many times before here. I'm really glad I don't know the date of my death. For most of us, that'd be a hard thing to handle. Really hard. But there are people that I believe that are in such communion with God that they know it's getting close. And there is this communion. Well, obviously, Jesus was in communion with his father. He knew it was there. I can remember my grandpa, who was a pastor, and I was young, but I remember one day basically sitting in the front room, and he'd get up every morning and have about an hour in the Word, and he would drink hot water. That was his constitutional for the morning. As a kid, I always thought, this is weird. (laughs) But there was something about him that I knew he knew God. And one day, his wife went into the front room, and he was just sitting in his chair. He was in the middle of his devotions and just went to heaven. Now, that's a great picture. I don't know whether he knew it, but there was incredible peace. I love it. You see, do you know that your time is in God's hands? He does all things well. You can relax. So relax. Jesus knew it was his time. The disciples still don't get it, but this chapter is chock full of principles. He's about to go to the cross. Really important thing for us to learn. Verse 2. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Not only did Jesus know it was the time of his death, notice the second thing Jesus knew. Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. Now, I won't get started tonight because I'll never finish this gospel of Judas. But you're going to see plenty tonight. It's 100%, 180 degrees away from the Bible. Notice, Judas had been plotting against Jesus for a long time. Finally, the thoughts that Satan had put in him. Notice, it doesn't say here that Jesus prompted Judas. It says that Satan prompted Judas. This wasn't a plan between Jesus and Judas. This was a plan between Satan and Judas against Jesus. So, notice, in one of the Greek words here, it's almost not planted, but threw the idea into Judas. What does that mean? 
the fiery darts of the enemy. The shield of faith is not up. You see, the battle is always in our minds. This isn't the first time Judas thought about this. The seeds had been planted and were growing. That's why we must capture our thoughts. That's why Corinthians tells us, capture the thought, realize where it came from. Could have stopped, but he didn't. Because of this, well, these thoughts finally begin to grow and they get ripe. Verse 3, another thing that Jesus knew. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Jesus knew where he came from, heaven. He knew what he had on this earth. All power was his on this earth. By the way, he would pass that to us, that authority. Also notice, he knew where he was going after his death. I think this is so important for us. What about you? Well, we all kind of know where we came from, don't we? It was a little gleam in mom or dad's eye. That's where we came from. But there's some other things I think we need to understand from this verse. We need to know what we have on this earth. Do you know that you have everything given to you that you need to fulfill the plan of God in your life? Everything. He doesn't leave anything from you. If he asks us to do something, he will equip us to do it. His presence, his power, whatever is needed. You have everything you need. In our weakness, he's strong. You need to understand that. That's why we can't be proud. We have to be humble. Because if he takes his presence from us, we're dead. We're deflated. We're through. Because we can't accomplish it in the flesh. So we need to know what we have on earth. And we need to know where we're going after we die. Stop and think about it. When you die, where are you going? That's a question we don't think about very often, but it's a question that everyone will eventually have to face. Now, not only did Jesus know those three things, and he told those to his disciples, and they were on his mind, so he's going to give them a practical lesson. Look in verse 4. So he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Now, you have to read the Bible in the culture where the Bible was written so that we can understand them. In Jesus' days, most people wore open sandals, and they wore them on dirt roads. It was necessary to pretty routinely wash your feet because your feet always got dirty. And if you went to a person's home, if you go to an oriental home today, or and I've been many times overseas to the oriental culture, and if you go into an oriental, back some of the churches, I've spoken in a church in Japan where you walked in and the first thing you do is flip off your shoes and you're in your bare socks. And that's the way I taught. In the message today, Pastor Mark taught about the personal qualities that someone with the gift of service has. 
you were also reminded that all Christ followers are expected to display a servant's attitude because they're following Christ, the ultimate servant. Pastor Mark also gave you tips on how to grow in the gift of service, which all Christians need to do. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark is going to continue his teaching about servanthood in action, which is part of the series Motivational Gifts. He will talk more about the attitudes and character traits that someone with the gift of serving has. He'll also share from the scriptures how Jesus displayed servant leadership when he washed the disciples' feet. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. I heard his word made flesh in a hurry.